Now, the war on opioids, a huge challenge here in southern New England as we enter an election year and the number of overdose deaths expected to hit another sad record. Funding is needed to support more behavioral health centers. So what's the strategy from the recovery community? Here's my latest report. The second statewide prevention conference. Here we are. At the second statewide prevention conference sponsored by the Rhode Island Governor's Council on Behavioral Health Care's Prevention Advisory Committee. You know, today's conference is about prevention. Everyone agrees prevention is crucial with a record number of overdose deaths expected this year. But there's plenty of disagreement over how much funding is really enough to make prevention a reality. This letter went out looking for more money. $42 million is in the state budget right now, but a lot of folks are saying that is not enough. Where do you stand on that? So I, I think that uh, we've had to take a mindful approach of all the different needs that the governor has to deal with. And while I know a lot of people don't feel that it is enough, I think it's certainly a substantial amount of money for an investment this year. And I'm sure we'll all be back next year looking for more. Looking for more money is nothing new at the State House, But prevention advocates say for this, they can't afford the wait. Right now, the governor is allotted $42 million. Is $42 million enough? No, absolutely not. John Tassoni is the vice president of the Substance Use and Mental Health Leadership Council of Rhode Island. This was dated on March 17th. Have you received a response yet? Uh, we have not that I know of. So we reached out to the governor's office. No direct response to the need for more funding. But in a statement, the office did break down the $42.4 million proposed in the state budget like this. $28.1 million to support certified community behavioral health clinics. $4.2 million for a mental health court pilot program. $1.9 million to support the 988 hotline. $6 million for a psychiatric residential treatment facility. And $2.2 million in funding for law enforcement personnel training in comprehensive crisis intervention. Every town in Rhode Island has seen an overdose. And in 2020, more than 70% of overdose deaths have involved illicit fentanyl. And now there's news of so-called purple fentanyl hitting Rhode Island, and it's even more potent. We just had an alert last week, Department of Health of overdoses in South County area. Um, you know, it's not stopping. So Tosoni says the frontline workers fighting the opioid epidemic, they need more money. We're holding our breath. Again, waiting, 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 waiting. And they need it now. We don't have enough workers right now. Uh, we're struggling with nurses. The hospitals have taken all the nurses out of the behavioral health industry. Uh, we have uh, medicated assistant treatment facilities that have to close on the weekend because we can't staff it with nurses. And somebody's taking their eye off the ball because we're losing people every day. And now John Tassoni joins me here on 10 News Conference this morning. So here is a letter, March 17th. Have you received a response yet? Uh, we have not. Where, where do you stand on this? I mean, how is it a phone call now once a week to the governor's office? What do you do when it comes to advocating for more funding? Well, you know, it's disturbing that we haven't received a, um, an answer. Um, this is his council, the Behavioral Health Council. We were supposed to have a meeting on Thursday, uh, which we didn't have a quorum because it was virtual. Um, I was going to ask the question if someone uh, at the front uh, Rachel Clare, who is the acting, another actor, acting director of the uh, Behavioral Health um, Council. But we never got the chance to ask that question. So it is very disturbing because they're not paying attention. I mean, we're ninth in the country now on overdoses. Now, we didn't used to be. 
So what's happening? Because funding has gone in. Mm -hmm. We've opened more recovery centers. So, so where are we falling short? I think we're falling short on a couple of areas, uh, Allison. We're falling short on funding as far as rates. The rates reimbursable rates reimbursable, with Medicaid. Right. We haven't had a rate increase in 14 years. And this is contributing to the staffing shortages, correct? Correct. Because now you can make more money at a fast food restaurant than you can doing the work and trying to save people's lives. And that's, that's sad. And, and they're, not, they're not paying attention to what's really happening on the ground. And that's concerning to me because we get calls all the time at the Leadership Council. I had four over the weekend last weekend mm. pertaining to people who needed to get into treatment. That's the most I've ever gotten in a weekend, four. So do you feel like you're not being listened to? I mean, we know that there's a surplus right now. So how much more money do you guys need to make a real impact and save lives? You know, I, I would hesitate to give you an exact amount. But more than 42.4 million. Well, the Rhode Island Foundation had this huge committee who sat down and went through the OPA money and how what to spend it on. They suggested 255 million. I don't know who's given the governor the uh, the lead on cutting it down to 42, and they level level funded Medicaid, so there's no increases again in the budget, and we have a surplus and. and this is not going away anytime soon. It's so interesting because affordable housing right now, for lack of a better term, is a hot topic. <laughs> and my next story that has to do with the opioids epidemic has to do with a lack of affordable housing and how there's this vicious cycle with um, the opioids epidemic. So maybe the governor's making uh, a connection between we're putting more money into affordable housing, which will then help the recovery community. Do you buy that? No, I don't. You I don't. don't. I okay. don't. I, do we need it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't, I don't buy that because we can't dose on the weekends now because we don't have nurses. Uh, the hospitals have taken the nurses out with these big, huge bonuses that they're paying. Uh, we've had uh, variants put in to CMS to, to use other uh, ways of means to dose people on the weekend. And we still have not heard. What, I think this is the fifth month that we haven't heard anything on that. So as, as time goes on, with the purple fentanyl coming in, mm -hmm. this new thing of horse tranquilizer that these kids are using, the alcohol was so up to 130. you immediate services versus long-term. This is a perfect storm. We need immediate and long-term. So staffing for sure. And also, we were talking um, earlier this week, too, about Narcan. Now, I've done several stories on Narcan mm -hmm. where one dose is not enough to bring back people, even with safe stations opening up. What are you hearing now as of this week? We're hearing any, any times from four doses to 10 doses. To bring Who walks someone around back. with 10 doses? Well, I mean, you can give 10 shots right. through the Narcan, but the problem is, is that the comp composition of the fentanyl is changing all the time, and the Narcan is not catching up to it. So what do you expect the numbers are going to look like when it comes to overdose deaths in the next year? Well, that's a good point, because we were told a few months ago it was 414. Mm -hmm. Then we were told uh, it was September, October, November, December. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any any findings yet because obviously they're short-staffed in the ME's office that I've been told. Mm -hmm. um, so you have four months of more overdose deaths and now I'm hearing it could be about 440, 435. Across the state too. Across the state. We always talk about Pawtucket, Central Falls, Providence, mm -hmm. Woonsocket, but right. this is statewide. When we were mm -hmm. talking about this new purple fentanyl, you were saying you were hearing that in South County. Yep. So this should be front and center for the governor. This should be front and center. And the lieutenant governor, that's going to be a tight race, too. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting the finger on anyone. The, the General Assembly, the governor, all need to get in a room, come and spend a day with me, and they will go away shaking their head.
So this is an invitation. It's an invitation. Come to the front lines. Okay. ARPA funding is a big deal. We mm -hmm. keep hearing $1.1 billion. All this money is coming down. It's trickling into the towns and cities. But I'm not hearing that this money is necessarily going into recovery services. What are you hearing? Well, it seems like everybody's pointing the finger. Go back to the state. Go back to the city, right? Or town. Well, they, you know, they cut it down to $42 million from two fifty five, which right. Rhode Island Foundation had asked for. Um, and but what about cities and towns? Are they able to build up the budget for you a little bit if the state isn't? It's, we, we've been getting calls from cities and towns and okay. asking for help on how to do programs, how to, you know, to supplement, do, right, do, the state do different things. But the, the problem is, is that it, every city and town has got the same thing going on. You know, your, your statistic that you, you uh, referenced, mm -hmm. every city and town has had overdoses. I mean, I'm from Smithfield, my, my chief tells me three to five runs a week. Although it has calmed down a little bit, but now it's starting to climb back up again. So as a message with some of the ARPA funding that's going to the 39 municipalities, um, start thinking about recovery services too if you can't make it up at the state house. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we would... Because it is confusing where all this ARPA money is going. It, it just seems very arbitrary to a lot of people who've been reporting on it. It seems like, and I'll use this analogy, we own a horse farm. Every horse goes into the trough and asks for a little bit out of the trough. We've got to stop that. We have to actually go and, and give the funding where it's needed, not where it's asked for, where it's needed. And, and right now, we're in serious trouble. With recovery. Recovery, mental health and substance use arena is broken. It's broken. We need to start from the bottom and work our way up. And now we have acting directors. No one wants to make a decision on what's going on, and it's frustrating. Every day it's frustrating. Well, we're going to keep doing these stories. We do at least two a month, and we'll keep it up. No, we want to thank you. you for coming in with us today. No, thank you for having me.